thank you and, and welcome to our Whistler epic lifestyle, our mountain adventure and our culture up here in Whistler and sharing it with the community around the world and in particular our friends and residents and community visitors from Vail Resorts. We welcome you to our podcast today on August the 9th, 2017 and it's Kathy White here and Anissa Carruthers, and it's going to be her pleasure to introduce our guest speaker for the day. Well, I got a lovely invite from work, so I got to uh, invited to go out to a hot springs event tomorrow, and it was from this lovely gentleman here. And uh, one of the reasons I love to work at the hotel is because of all the events that I get to to go and see and do. And um, for example, the wayside you get to go paddleboarding all the time, and we get. You know, there's a lot of benefits for working within the resort system. So I really appreciate that, that you've offered to take us up to the hot springs. And I'll let you introduce yourself and the business that you're working with. And um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, how, did you, how, you got you, how you got to Whistler? Okay, well, my name is Dartanya Newton. I work with a First Nations band called Hukcha, which is also known as uh, Douglas First Nation. Uh, they're situated on the northern tip of Harrison Lake, um, which as the crow flies from Whistler is approximately 60 kilometres southeast. Uh, but to get there, you've got to fly across uh, several mountains. Um, to drive there takes around about three hours. Uh, you have to go the long way around. Um, the community um, has around about 70 people living on the, uh, the reserve down there and around about another 250 or so uh, dispersed through the lower mainland. So I'm a freelance economic uh, consultant. I have a specialty in sort of recreation type things. This is why I've come to Whistler because it's the... Mm-hmm. Uh, so where have you come from and what got you here? So I came to Canada. I've been coming to Whistler particularly for probably 10 years. My uh, stepdaughter is one of these Australians that came on a work visa for six months, I think, and she's still actually here. Um, So basically, um, kept coming to visit, and one visit a year turned into two visits a year, and eventually uh, realised that I'm spending way too much on coming over on holiday and I actually quite liked the place that I decided to try my hand at living here and so I explored options for how I could do that at an uh, older age. I was not eligible for the work visa uh, straight Very off the bat. Very frustrating not to be eligible for yeah. any, any of the youth programs I know because I tried to go to Sweden that way too and it's like nope not under 30, not under 30, not under 30. <laughs> no, no that's the same the same deal here. So I, I went to university in uh, Vancouver and I looked for a career change um, and I studied outdoor recreation management uh, because I like the outdoors and it's what I do naturally I gravitate to mountains and um, and, and action and um, <laughs> uh, lo and behold after I had a stint ziplining as a guide here which was uh, incredible fun um, one thing led to another and I had, a, I had a, an interview with uh, one of the local First Nation bands who uh, were looking for somebody with my sort of mix of skills such as the you know, the outdoor recreation um, uh, slant 
the project management slant, um, own business owner, um, because they needed to look at ways to develop opportunities in their community. I've got a background as well uh, from working in Australia with Abor Aboriginal groups over there as well. So, and do you, do you see that we have a lot of similar um, challenges and, yeah. and ways to like need similar solutions, basically? Exactly. The the the, the, the situation uh, of the um, the two groups are fairly identical in their origins and the outcomes are also very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, so I didn't have to be told anything about what the First Nations here were going through because I understand it very well. And uh, I hope I understand how to get the best out of the situations. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I brought that across here. and. You know, it's very it's it's very difficult, and it's it's there's there are big challenges in getting things done. Uh, but I know to uh, take my time and and respect the situations, and to consult um, with people and um, work closely with the community and ask the elders and the different levels of of uh, you know power or management within the groups to to try and get the best don't just write in and just think you know this everything. This might sound, seem like a strange question but do you find that time runs a little bit differently here especially when you're working with First Nations and it, it, like just I find that just having that patience and looking at long-term timelines and stuff makes things work out better. Yeah I mean when you look um, I've sort of studied uh, cultural um, cultural components at, at uh, uni one of the things they talk about is is the time uh, as a as an as an entity, and mm. uh, typically, um, First Nations and Aboriginal groups don't look at things as a straight line. We've got to finish by this date. We don't. It's not a deadline type arrangement. It's uh, it's a lot more circular. It's so and beautiful, though, in some ways. It's a lot less stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just working within that. From when I come coming from the the straight line people mm, yeah um to well, i mean even just moving to whistler we end up in a bit of a more time I, I you know I, I come from a place where we used to call farm time mm. but whistler time's a whole new level yeah uh, and so you you, you, you kind of got to gauge your things on the, your successes rather than on when stuff was done by i think and um and how people feel about what's been done mm. rather than about when it was done how it was done how it's done is is vital because if you don't do it, if you don't do the process right, it's not going to work. It's not you're not going to get anything done. Uh, so you have to, um, you know, consult and consult and consult and consult. Mm -hmm. But so. you feel it sounds like you're getting somewhere. So. Well, we've got to start tomorrow with our, um, I've called it a soft launch for our Hot Springs tour. So is there a website that people can go to? Slowcathotsprings.ca. Let's spell that out loud. S L O Q U E T H O T S P R I N G S. And we'll put a link on to the website as well because we. Mm -hmm. That's a great name. Yeah. Now, awesome. is it named after a river that's in the area? There's a creek called Slowcat Creek, mm -hmm. uh, which runs off the backside of the Garibaldi Range, which mm -hmm. is uh, the area that feeds the the creek. Um, it's part of a you know obviously this area of BC in particular is heavily volcanic, and what we've got is we've got a, a water catchment underground, which is um, 
um, uh, comes out of the ground in a, uh, a beautiful waterfall which is um, which feeds these hot springs mm. and uh, then the water trickles out into Slowcat Creek. Oh, wonderful. Uh, which is uh, a beautiful snow melt fed, clear, beautiful, beautiful creek. Oh, I can't wait to see it tomorrow. Yeah, So be good. from Whistler, how long will it take folks to get up there with you? About three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, with the vehicle that we use, and we're using a bus, so it's not going to... The, the, the problem is the forest road that we have to drive on. It's, uh, it's a little bumpy. Um, it's not being graded right now because of the risk of sparks flying off from the grading. Smart. Interesting. So they... Yeah, it will take a little while. Um, so along the way, we've got... Um, we've got a couple of guides on the bus which are going to be giving background and history and stories of the area and the First Nations um, perspective. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll, I'll take some photos along the way and make sure we post them as well. Yeah, well, it's, it's even with the crazy smoke that we've got right now, there is still an amazing beauty. Uh, I went down there last week. We did a, a dry run last week, mm-hmm. and um, the conditions are probably similar, I guess. Uh, but even then, it was it was it was great, mm-hmm. and the hot springs were perfect. You know, yeah. because I was out towards Loggers Lake today, and it seems you could actually see the sun this morning. <laughs> well, so I mean, it's going to d- depend on where the smoke catches in different areas, obviously. But it does seem to be just overall seems to be a little bit better. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Good. So uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, we'll um, we'll we'll drive in, uh, hopefully with stories, and a you know, it's going to be a bit of a bone rattle. It's there's no easy way to do that drive. <laughs> I'll bring my my soft cushion. So, so that that's about your business. But um, how about we start into our questions that we we sent over to you and learn a little bit more about you as well. Okay, I didn't read them. That's okay. I've got a copy for you. It's just uh, re- questions that we've researched and we we find it it helps people. Uh, this on track. So what are the three most important things that we should know about you necessarily, not necessarily about your business, but about yeah. you? Um, I'm a grandfather. Uh, that happened a couple of years ago and I've got this um, amazing granddaughter who is, uh, she's a, a Whistler baby. Um, it's a good life. She was born in Squamish, but she hit Whistler when she was a day old. Uh, she's two and a bit and she's already riding bikes on the pump track sweet <laughs> my grandson just got his first motorbike and he's two so yeah it's, I get yeah. that <laughs> I mean that's just fantastic uh, so it's um, yeah that's just that's just amazing um, well this is the I've just got residency in Canada congratulations, congratulations. and welcome welcome which uh, that was quite an effort um, so I've already got two I hold two passports already um, I could be on for the third. I, I love travel, I love exploring and, um, you know, the adventure of seeing different places and um, I've travelled a lot of different countries in the world. I've taken a couple of times, three times maybe, I've taken a whole year off and just gone. Gone wild? Uh, yeah, it's something, yeah. Some gone walkabout. <laughs> yeah, have a look, explore and, um, yeah. Cool. And number three? Uh, number three. Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be interesting. It doesn't have to be top secret. Uh, it, yeah, could be it, does, it could be something fun. Like, uh, do you windsurf on 
Well, have you swam in Needle Lake? Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't swum there. I did uh, once swim with uh, sharks in uh, Buddy of. Uh, we were on a, 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 a sailboat in the Barrier Reef of Australia, wow. and uh, we was with. It was a beautiful, beautiful boat, and uh, we was having lunch, and we was throwing these. Uh, we was having chicken wings, I think, and uh, we just tossed the, the bones into the water, and then all of a sudden, all these sharks Oops. gathered. <laughs> And me and my buddy, we just said, let's jump in. And we did. And I think I hit one on the way down. Um, but yeah, we got out there pretty quick as well. <laughs> I don't know what made us do it, but that was probably one of the craziest things I've ever done. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Super brave. Super, I always say you're either brave or stupid. Sometimes was, they go together. So maybe um, sharing with us... Um, you know, what is, I find it interesting that your project management is taking you around the world mm, and mm. into a very sort of life and life chapters. And so what is work for you and then what is playtime for you? Yeah. I, um, I get, with work, it has to be, uh, I have to feel, um, you know, a, a, a deep passion about what I do to do it well. And so, you know, when you run your own business, and I've, I've had a couple, you, you, you don't do that without passion. Um, this role that I've got now is I'm in people's lives. I'm on reserve um, all the time. Um, I'm trying my best with what I do to change people's lives for the better with the operations that you know we're working on to try and set up, so that that you know it doesn't seem like work for me when I do that. You know I'm on the go, like it's you know I'm communicating. Yeah, you know, I have to communicate with the, the community members all the time, and I'm literally midnight. I'm still messaging people. We can't call because not many people have phones down there. There's only just this last year I think got the phone in the office it's off the it's off the grid that it was the community only got electricity in 2010 wow um, before that was, that was on generators there's, there's obviously no cell service so everything's through um, satellite internet and uh, so we uh, yeah we messenger people to try and organize stuff and I'm organizing a lot of this tour for tomorrow on messenger right so once people are away from home uh, they're not getting the message until they get back in the Wi-Fi mm -hmm. zone so that's um, some of the challenges but that's what drives me to you know makes get, it more exciting yeah yeah definitely uh play uh, look travel's a big one um uh you know even with um moving over here and the, going to uni i would think i was i was still able to uh, go overseas every year and um, i go down to the states a bit and just ex keep exploring and um yeah, just it's what I do. It's just non-stop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like fun. So it sounds like you're already doing number three wishes. Is there something you want others to help you achieve and help help support you in doing that? And it sounds like we yeah get out to the hot springs and support what you're doing. <laughs> well, the the, the, the tour is um, people I've spoken to about the tour before we sort of went full beads with setting it up. Um, thought it was a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Um, so now is the, you know, the, the rubber's going to hit the dirt, so to speak, and we're going to get real people to experience what we've got. Now we've sort of mentioned that the road's a bit of a, it's a bit of a bumpy old uh, forest road. Um, so will people 
be okay with that? I don't know. Um, all I can say from my perspective as to why I think it's got some legs is that I did the trip with uh, one of the hereditary chiefs uh, when I first started uh, with Douglas and um, we drove together and I was given the full story about the area and the history and sort of the sites and honestly the, the, the drive just took no time because I'm entertained and I'm learning stuff and that's what we're going to provide for the guests we're going to give them, uh, the, the guys are going to be able to tell the stories, you'll see the beautiful sights, and I'm hoping that that's enough to take people's mind off the bumps. Do you think, um, just because Kathy's really involved with the senior community as well, um, do you think it's something that we can meet, like, even though it's a bumpy trip, do you think, is it, when, you, when they get there, is it a pretty convenient um, trip, no matter what age you are, or? Um, the, we don't draw, we can't get the bus right to the, pools just due to its location that it's um there's uh, there's a little bit of walking involved um which depend it's, it's an ability based thing mm-hmm. um we uh we have uh, a, a trail option so tomorrow we're going to do sort of walk down a bit of a hill to the hot pools uh, and then we'll walk out along a, a level trail it's just an easy way of doing mm-hmm. it um so it is it depends on people's abilities yeah. it's not scrambling as such uh, although there's technically just one little bit of a scramble it's tiny uh, yeah. and I'm sure people will help each other right um, but the reward when you get there is just worth it yeah it's uh, well you've seen the pictures it's just mm-hmm. um, quite incredible awesome so um, yeah fingers crossed people will be okay but that's what I want feedback for right that's right. Uh, I know what I feel but what do other people think would there be an ability for people to take a float plane to that area or a helicopter yes Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> that is the answer. Yeah, so, this is what I'm, I'm sort of imagining mm-hmm. as far as uh, how we can extend our tours. Uh, yeah. We've got the lake. You've got a picture up on the internet. So there. it's actually Harrison Lake. That is actually Harrison. We are the, the hot springs is a little bit of a way from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about 12, 13 k's, I think. I wonder if that's where we got lost once on the way. Okay. <laughs> My mother but, called the police. <laughs> You know, the, the float plane can land on there and then uh, moving into the future with nothing stopping us getting hold of one of those sort of six-wheeler beasts and just whiz people up there and um, show them the pools that way. That sounds like I fun. think that would be epic. Um, helicopters it would be can land. epic. It would be epic. There you go. <laughs> That's there's no, there's, you know, with tours, you've just got to come up with the idea and well, make stuff happen. You know, certainly uh, we were talking earlier about the number of, Hot springs in British Columbia are 20... I don't know the exact number. Um, There are, in this north of, um, well, sort of north of where we are, we've got um, probably seven Mm -hmm. just in that one zone. A couple which are tucked away that not many people know about. Mm. Uh, A couple more which are a bit more developed that everybody knows about. Uh, and I, from where I'm aware, that every area is going to be like that. There are some springs which people don't go to. Uh, there's a lot of pools which are developed because it's a thing that people want to see. Well, and I think that maybe even connecting with, like I was saying earlier, my daughter and her husband, when they got married, their honeymoon was going around to the different hot springs. So maybe even doing, uh, looking at the bigger picture and connecting with the other hot springs and developing a well, yeah. bigger that being, tour. That being said, for our Vale Resort <laughs> clients and, <laughs> and fans of the blog, certainly in the Vale Valley, there seems to be the Iron Man, Iron Mountain, excuse me, Iron Man, Iron Mountain Hot Springs in Glenwood Springs. And, okay. you know, connect 
connecting the idea of the holistic aspect of hot springs as well. Mm -hmm. I know there's a deep cultural sense with these folks as mm -hmm. to of the First Nations group. At what is the sense of that privacy of some of these hot mm -hmm. springs as well? We have to respect that as as people in every culture. There are secret spots that we shouldn't mm -hmm. step into. You're <coughs> you, you dead right, and. One of the first things that I needed to do with getting approval was through the elders of, of Hakcha mm. to get them to tell me that it was okay to start looking at ways that we could actually bring people in. And uh, one of the, my concept behind that, and one of the ways I tried to sell that was by using it as a way that. We, People are finding out about the hot springs and people are going there anyway. Mm. If we don't do anything to manage the people, the place will get destroyed. Right. Um, the site is technically, uh, through the BC Rec Sites and Trails, is technically a user-maintained site. The problem is users typically don't maintain sites, they destroy them. Is that uh, kind of what happened with Meeker Creek, for example? No, that was happened with, with, with Keyhole. So Keyhole, the bears have moved in largely because of all the trash that people left behind. Right. It, there's no site operators there. It was left to users to maintain. Like I said, they didn't do a very good job of maintaining it because they just leave crap everywhere. Right. And uh, we get that even with our site at Slowcat. Um, so while we've got operators there, they still have to go around and clean up after people. Even as beautiful as this is, we still see garbage Amazing. left. And it is, I don't understand it. Uh, but we do have full-time operators there who look after the place now and the place is transformed since uh, last year when I s uh, started uh, the start of last year we did an agreement with BC Rec Sites and Trials and got the operators agreement in and we've really got this place humming now and uh, we're getting really good feedback from everybody that's going there and the, the First Nations community members that are operating it it's their traditional territory and from what you said uh, Slowcat is a, uh, a sacred site um, for healing. Uh, it's been, Douglas Nation can, can trace their lineage back well over 5,000 years as well to that area. There's, mm -hmm. there's artifacts and old villages uh, throughout the mountains and the, along the rivers there for over 5,000 years and to the best of our knowledge that this place has been used for that time. And so we do have to look after it. We can't stop people going there, but we can manage them. And that's what I was able to talk to the elders about. And I think we've all in agreement that it's actually working. Uh, we want People will find about, out about it. It's, it, it. it's Locate actually made the front cover of Outdoor BC last year. It's kind of like when they wanted people it's, to stop Instagramming about certain top secret spots. It's out, it's, it's <laughs> it's out there. Happen, it's in right? every magazine. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to get to. Mm -hmm. uh, for most people that come to Whistler, they generally don't have a, a tough vehicle to get there. If they're in a rental car, they may come in a bus. So, um, yeah, this is why we're looking at a tour to bring people down, to mm -hmm. give them the opportunity that they would not have had otherwise, and to educate people. And I think the education for me is one of those things that will save lives. And I, I think um, the, 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 there's so much uh, lack of knowledge of First Nations culture here. And I, I talk to Canadians all the time, and uh, so many of them don't understand the situation or yeah. un understand the history. 
enough. Well, I, if I hadn't gone to university with people who had been from First Nations and and know their families and the, the genetic is mm. the issues that are are there, I wouldn't have had a clue. And I grew yeah. up here. Yeah, right. So and that's a lot of people are the same. And I think what we're doing is we're going to be educating people. And for, for my money, that's uh, that's gold. Yeah, know. that's awesome. So, if in all your travels, is there one book that you always take with you, or that you just gravitate to when you're having a, you know, that you always want to have handy, or or you suggest to people? Or? Oh, good question. Um, I do. I read a range of. I think some of the the travel books get my um, juices going generally and get me sort of, <laughs> you know, I think one uh, the one that got me was the um, Long Way Round, um, Ewan McGregor and oh yeah, uh, that. There's a TV show as well. I was just hooked on that. You know? It's a travel book. Yeah, yeah. So it was about their motorcycle journey. Motorcycle journey. Oh, yeah. that's too funny. You yeah. and McGregor and his friend Charlie. Charlie Borman. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to get it I'm a, because, like I said, my son, my grandson, got a motorbike for his birthday, and he's only two. I was like, well, maybe he'll get into the maintenance part. So we'll get Zen. Uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle yeah, maintenance. Yeah, I'm like, maybe yeah. could, could we not have got him that first? But he's already standing there with a screwdriver in his hands. So mm-hmm. I figured. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so I'll have to grab this one as well for him. But there's stuff like that gives me ideas and mm-hmm. you know research as well when I'm going away somewhere. Excellent. And when we look at what is your favorite thing to do in Whistler? At mountain biking. <laughs> Yay! Well, you guys are good. <laughs> I. Um, yeah, I rode bikes before I came here anyway in Australia, but we, you know, where I live we had nothing like the trails here and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, absolutely hooked. Uh, just got a new uh, a new bike this, this year, so I'm really stoked from coastal culture down in Creekside. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I looked after really well there and uh, fantastic uh, bike. Uh, Is there someone there that you deal with in particular? Uh, Thomas. Uh, Thomas Thacker. Yeah, Thomas Thacker is actually also my uh, son-in-law. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the disclosure. Full disclosure. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, so yeah, riding that bike around these parts now, and um, I, I started a little thing last year with a group, a local group. Um, I, I, we, we went for a ride, uh, probably eight of us, and I sort of planned this ride. And we had a few people, and I also had some ribs in the freezer that I had there for a little while I thought oh, I'll, I'll cook the ribs for the guys at the end of this and we'll have a few beers and um, so we went and rode Howler and um, came back and I said oh I want something to eat and you know, we all stay around had these ribs and a few beers and everyone said brilliant idea and it's still going and the group's growing and um, yeah it's uh, and I started it so that's kind of is there a product that you are rarely without, especially in what, what you do in biking or out in the out, out, in the out back? Is there something that... I hate to say it, but my, uh, my iPhone... Um, <laughs> well, you have to use it for business. That was our last, our last guest. That was the same oh, thing. We were yeah. sitting here with five iPhones on the table, so... Honestly, you know, it's... Um, yeah, who'd have thought that you could be so intertwined with everything you do? And uh, I, you know, and I think that, you know, for me, it's got to add value to um, to my life. And um, you know, there are one good thing. I, I was in Spain earlier this year, and uh, didn't want to buy a, a plan. Um, but you know, when you when you're trying to find your way around places, it's really hard. Google Maps, you can actually download maps to use offline 
oh, which I had only recently found out about. So I was able to navigate in the car, around the villages, everywhere with... Not dependent with, on Wi-Fi. Not dependent on Wi-Fi. Or, 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 or a cell phone. Or, or a cell phone plan. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. You just download it. That's you you download the section and the GPS that's built in actually shows you exactly where you are and walks along with you even though you're not connected. Wow. Which I think I've noticed that before. I guess fantastic. that can be one of the... We can add that to the life hack part of the Yeah, that is, that is one of my, that's my top recommendations to anybody that's going overseas now and it will work anywhere where Google Maps has got detail and you don't need the signal. So maybe we'll ask you another product. When you're out hiking in the woods out around Slowcat yeah. Hot Springs, Yeah. What do you do you carry a bear bell? Do you carry... Bear spray? I uh, no. Um, we typically haven't had any uh, issues over the years. That right. uh, and, and we're getting that from the the locals, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's not a thing. But uh, it is apparently getting a bit more active with grizzlies down that way. Mm. Um, as far as uh, when I go travel, I mean, when I go mm -hmm. riding, if I go away, I've typically got a, a small first aid kit. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, plenty of water, food. Uh, it's just from my, uh, you know, days of just going out back country. You know, you, yeah. you kind of need little things, and you know, uh, you got to be a bit smart. Mm -hmm. So you take more than just duct tape. I, 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 <laughs> That's my first aid kit. I do. Yeah, I do take duct tape. It comes oh. in wonderful. Uh, but you, you know, I, I, I've got, I go up to the Chilcotins, and I've generally got bits of spares for, for the bike because you know you're going to be a long way from anywhere and mm -hmm. you know just I'll, be prepared you're going to be practical yeah. on this yeah, yeah. I actually you know. found duct tape band-aids at one point duct tape real band-aids <laughs> <laughs> so I think on that I'm just a you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a very, very practical Capricorn I think on that regard <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you do now that you hope to be doing in 10 to 20 years from now oh great I suppose well Okay, um, I've, I've pride myself on my sort of fitness level. Um, 52, um, I did a, an ultra marathon this year, uh, which is my second. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to keep into, in the top, I don't know, 3 or 4% of the population as far as fitness goes. And that's what I think keeps me young and, um, you know, I love that it drives me and um, I feel great and that I don't typically get sick and um, you meet lots of great people I mean just about everybody that I know in Whistler I've met through some sort of sport mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, that's just um, you know it's what I love it's what these guys love and we go off and do great adventures together and that's a good way to connect. I think that's one of the great things about Whistlers you're around people who's like their one of their main goals is to be healthy and active yeah. right and that's it's, one of the reasons I moved here as a to spend the next half of my life yeah. is that I want to hang out with other people that they say hang out with people who are better and oh, yeah. that you know mentoring you and what you're doing and I mean pretty much everyone here is focused on fitness and health I mean and the rest of it's just going to follow if you can take oh, care yeah. of those things right exactly yeah exactly. and the wonderful thing it blends into people who are active in sport and people who enjoy arts and culture too this healthy lifestyle up here flows into the arts and culture and events mm -hmm. in our communities and I think that, you know, one of the things that I see is the blending of gentle adventure, high sports adventure, arts and culture in the community here, mm -hmm. and certainly across across our world of tourism and sports marketing and community mountain culture. Uh, they're trying to blend it all now instead of just being heavily dedicated mm -hmm. to one 
which it was here for the longest time, winter sport. Yeah. And now it's year-round activities. Yeah. And people unplugging, although they keep their uh, phones for communication and for safety, and when you're out in the in smaller communities, that's often the lifeline out of the community is telecommunications, of course. And uh, so it's wonderful to see that this new form of tourism is coming to that community and and embracing it. So maybe from your experience of working with them to date, is, and with you, with your career in project management, as you said, your goal is to kind of work yourself through this program to maybe other opportunities that present themselves to the Douglas First Nation and other and linking other communities in the area yeah. and bringing tourism and residents of Whistler and from the lower mainland up to explore these regions of BC that are so close to home but they haven't explored or understand the culture of. Well one of the ways that we're doing that is that we've just completed a, a government funded training program in uh, the community of Douglas uh, in Tipella and we put 27 students through an entrepreneurship course uh, just courtesy of the BC Jobs Grant. Um, this is a four-month course. Uh, it's just wound up at the start of, uh, start of July. And what we found was that all the community members that came to do the training were, they had ideas for small businesses themselves, but had not got the, um, the full understanding of how to proceed with that, and they weren't getting uh, the support from the community to, to help them with that and so this course took them through a whole range of skills, uh, learnings, uh, business planning, uh, bookkeeping, to, book, things like that. Yeah, all the finances, the um, uh, you know viability, uh, the practicalities of everything and um, now we're starting to see small businesses um, being developed, just small ones um, gradually. Um, but what we've done what we're doing at this stage is we're looking at rebranding the the road so the road that the communities that I've been working with is the Inchuch Forest Service Road which is the turn off just before the Duffy climb and uh, it turns out that that area apart from the road name it didn't really the area doesn't really have a name um, and so we've, we've got the students on the course to workshop and we've come up with a what I think is a great name is uh, it's called Rising Bear Valley Oh, mm. that's beautiful. You like that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, because it gives you an image, right? It so. gives you an image. Gives, the bear is significant uh, to the First Nations in, in that area, and um, it, it, it sounds really nice. And so we're, I'm in, in the process now of consulting with uh, the various chiefs of the, of the local five stallion uh, nations and the various SLRDs and uh, Whistler, and just to sort of get their feedback on on that name and the concept of changing that, uh, changing the, the, the area from something which isn't particularly uh, welcoming to visitors. When you look at the start of the road, it's just the logging road and unless you knew kind of what was down there, it wouldn't mean anything to you. So we want to try and create that with a, a nice welcome sign and uh, we've got a website under development which is going to be available, uh, we'd be able to download a PDF map because as soon as you're in about 10 kilometres you lose your signal. So we want to be able to download people, uh, get people to download a map so they know where they're going. Um, well they might just need basic instructions on how to do that. Well there's no information. When you look at Google Maps it's not until you actually zoom in almost to the maximum that you can see the communities mm -hmm. and you don't do that mm -hmm. because you couldn't even see where they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
to, to, to know where to zoom. So f trying to find any information is really, really hard. So the website's going to do that. The sign's going to welcome people. And we're going to advertise the businesses in each of the three communities that are down there uh, for people to come in and uh, explore and go camping and go to the, the two hot springs that are down that way and go and see uh, the small businesses and get fed. And if their car breaks down, they know where the, the mechanics are down there. So that this is a big one that we're in the process of uh, changing. From my years of coming to Whistler since the late 1960s, one of the discussions was creating a circle route at one time through that area back to Harrison Hot Springs. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime, but <laughs> certainly, you know, when you think about tourism in British Columbia, it's certainly worthy of exploring further. Because I know we've come up that way. Where's my soapbox? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe while getting on your soapbox today, I think that's a great thing to strive for and continue at the blue sky level at this point and maybe down to reality. Let's put it this way. British Columbia is missing out on one of the biggest opportunities that it has on its doorstep right now by not putting money into this circle route. Firstly, the road, the Cedar Sky Highway, is the only way in and out. Dangerous. And dangerous. We know from geological reports that there are several areas along the way where rocks are in danger of collapse onto the highway. Squamish and Whistler and Pemberton would then be cut off. Well, Pemberton's got that one spot where, like, literally when I drive over it, I'm like, how else would I get to Pemberton if that little piece of road... And you guys know what part yep. I'm talking yep. about. It's ready to just, like, yep. fall into the river. We're, we're talking the sections down before Squamish, yep. even, which would take out the entire highway. Yeah. So it, I know that the, the circle route you talked about was one of the two options for the Olympics before they upgraded the, oh, the 99. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely on the table. So it must have been viable in some regard. Um but on the other hand, what it's going to do is, apart from creating that very important alternative route, um, it's beautiful beyond belief. And uh, it's going to be, it would be an amazing tourist um, adventure for people. And it would sell BC, and particularly this area around Vancouver, more than anything you can imagine. Um, and it would create untold progress for the communities that are down that way. And it would so, give them more access to healthcare and things like that, even just basic services that they could get to easier as well. Well, you know, it takes, for the community of Tipelo, it takes at least three hours to get an ambulance there. Oh. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's a really difficult place to get to. Yeah, if the road was done, you know, we, 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 you know, we could cut that down by to about 45 minutes if it was a decent road. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there are those factors, but of course, if Small numbers of people, you know, dollar per capita, it doesn't make sense. However, but as far as the benefits of BC, even in money terms of what that circle route would actually deliver in, in new income to, to BC, I believe it's off the scale. You know, I'm a tourist everywhere I go. I'm a tourist. I love looking out for those opportunities. And what I see as being a great idea, this is just would help them awesome. maintain, maintain, maybe hold on to some of their youth in the communities as well. If there's more for them to do and people coming to them, then exactly full and circle. That's, and that's why the communities, are partly in the, the the situation they are, is because there isn't the work there. And this is what you know I'm trying to help with in creating that work to, you know, keep people there and to try and encourage people to come back. But that that route that you're talking about, 
please do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, to end on that note, we have one more thing that we always share at the end of our podcast. Um, and it's, do you have a life hack to share with us? I know you've already given us the Google Map one, but maybe you've got something a little, something more? Um, it's more of, more of philosophy. Um, it's just, um, don't die wondering. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, like, like I said, this is the third country that I've lived in. Um, you know, just do it. Just do it. Beautiful. Well, I have an iPhone hack today, hmm. which is I downloaded an app on my phone that backed up. Just because one of the most common things in Whistler, as we're about to go into the winter season or the summer season, is to lose your phone either in a lake or left at a bus stop. It's a joke that, you know, everyone, everybody new to Whistler should have a little string. You know, like the strings you have for your, when you're little kids so you don't lose your mittens? There's, there's a party one that, that, you know, attaches your phone to whatever. So I just, it, I backed up all my, con I, I purchased a $1.50 app. And it just brought me such peace of mind just to know that because I have about 1,500 contacts between business and family and friends, and they're just they're backed up. It, it seems so simple, but just because of where we are and how active we are, um, our phones probably get damaged more often than any other place in the world. So mine is back up, back up your contacts, and it's worth the dollar fifty to uh, to do that. I think. So, talking on the aspect of mountain biking. I'm an avid cross-country and downhill mountain biker and my life hack today was I was in the Whistler Bike Park on BC Day, beautiful BC Day, and I have to give a shout out to all the bike shops in Whistler because they are super busy mm -hmm. but they are extremely helpful to all the visitors and residents. So I was going down a trail called Too Tight and I realized I had no back brake. It had failed completely. And my front brake, if you slam it too hard, you're going over your handlebars. And I am thankful and that I am safely survived that wipeout. <laughs> and that the bike shops were able to help me get my back brake fixed so quickly and back on the trails again so with our friends. Do you have a uh, bike shop on speed dial? I have several bike shops on Spindal, <laughs> so a shout out to Fanatico, of course, Coastal Culture at the base of Whistler Mountain on the Creekside area, where they're expanding wonderful trails mm. for us to all enjoy. Uh, also, Summit Bikes, Garbanzo Bike and Bean, Evolution, Bike and Co., it just goes and goes. So we have so many wonderful bike shop owners and service people and staff. And it's good to make sure that your bike is well maintained. That was a surprise for me. But I survived. Yay. Well We're glad to see you today. <laughs> well, <laughs> see me today. Thank you. That's another episode of Epic Lifestyles. Um, thank you for coming and visiting well, us today. Thanks for the invite. It's been I'm looking talking. forward to tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there'll be pictures on our website Absolutely. from the trip down to Slowcat. Absolutely. Check out our Facebook page. Please subscribe to our podcast. I've now figured out how to upload it to YouTube. Getting better at it all every day. We'll, we'll keep We'll keep at it. So we have all of the social media up and running now. It just takes me time to, to get to it because, you know, I have hot springs to go to. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day, everyone. <laughs>